Recorded live. Inspire. Invigorating. Invigorating this life should be. Filling energy rushing through your veins. Rid your life of those only feeding off your precious energy. Eliminate conversations that detoxify your spirit. Appreciate and be appreciated in this life. Navigate. Navigate your own journey. Make your own path addressing all eight domains of your life. Brought forth by Dr. Knott. Health, education, personal development, financial, environment, family, spirituality, and recreation, too. Striving for success, not only defined by financial freedom, but intertwined with peace of mind and personal fulfillment. Personal fulfillment, be all that you can be, just like the Army says. Just one can make a difference. You are of vital importance. Importance impacting each life you touch, considering someone outside of yourself, taking the time to lend a helping hand, radiating, radiating positive energy in every breath you take and every action you partake, engulfing, engulfing in your dreams one beyond your wildest imagination. I, Enigmatic Mahogany, am here to invigorate, navigate, strive, personally fulfill, impact, radiate, engulf. I'm here to inspire you with my pen. And that is that piece. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to Inspirational Expressions. I am your host, Enigmatic Mahogany, coming to you under the wonderful umbrella of the TOET Network, where Brother Black Ice is the CEO and our illustrious leader. Tonight, we are truly in for a treat. Tonight, there will be an open mic session. However, with the month of October, it is the month that we bring awareness to breast cancer. So tonight, I have the great honor and pleasure to share on the lines with you, my dear friend, my sister and breast cancer survivor, Ms. Patrika Simpson. Now, a lot of people may not be aware how very huge breast cancer is. See, just in 2015, this estimated that among U.S. women, there will be 231,840 new cases of invested breast cancer. Now, sad to mention, 40,290 breast cancer deaths. See, a lot of people may not really know the true components of breast cancer. You hear about it, but you really don't know what it is. See, breast cancer occurs when the cells in the breast divide and grow without their normal control. Sometimes the cancer cells can spread to nearby tissue or other parts of the body, being with an invasive breast cancer. See, a lot of people don't even know what to look for. They don't like to do that self-check. But there are warning signs that we must look for. And the most common signs are a change in the look or the feel of breast. A change in the look or a feel of the nipple and possibly nipple discharge as well. Other conditions and benign changes can also affect the breast. Some even increase the risk of breast cancer. Some don't. So let's go ahead and get started tonight. We will be bringing in once again my dear sister, Patrika Rich, this evening. And, you know, I have to go between Patricia Rich and Simpson. Simpson is a married name. I got to get used to calling my girl Trina a married woman. Tonight we will be inspired and share her story tonight on Inspirational Expressions. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show, Trina. What's going on, love? Hi. Trina, are you moving? Mm-hmm. Are you moving? Do you have me on speakerphone? No. Can you hear me? Okay, I can, I can hear you a lot better now, love. How's it going? It's good. It's good. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Definitely a pleasure to have you back on the mic again here at Inspirational Expressions as we do bring awareness to breast cancer. And, yes, indeed, there are survivors that are able to share their stories and inspire others. So I know that you have a small child as well, so we will definitely value your time this evening so I'm going to jump down in here. We're going to get a little bit personal. So before we go into breast cancer, I do want to give you the opportunity to speak of that many hats that you do wear as a mom, as a wife, as a very well-devoted friend. Just let the people in the lines know a little bit about you. Well, I am a 32-year-old mother and wife. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 26. Um, I called it in stage one. 
Um, I did a year of treatments and three years of chemo, actually. And I am now a survivor, and I'm in remission, and thank God. And now I just try to spread the awareness that everybody, every woman, and men also spread the word to your loved ones to let them know to get checked. There's no certain age for it. So always be prepared for the unexpected. What a beautiful message, and I'm definitely a good word of encouragement where it has no age. So I know that you were diagnosed at the age of 26, and it's stage one, but how was the cancer initially detected? Well, initially, I found a lump in my breast. Um, I thought maybe it was from me having my son. My son was still an infant at the time, and so I ignored it for a little while, and it didn't go away. So I went to my doctor. And he thought maybe it was just a cyst or something. So we ended up setting up a mammogram and the mammogram and the ultrasound. And I found out two weeks later I was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage one. And I can only imagine, definitely like you said, being a young mom, having an infant and finding out that you had breast cancer. What were your initial feelings when the doctor told you that? My initial thought, the first thing that crossed my mind was I wouldn't be able to see my son grow up. That was the first thing that crossed my mind. I was preparing for my death before I even knew what my options were. Goodness, and I can only imagine definitely having two small children of my own, what that felt like. So let me ask you this. What is it that took you from those feelings? of seeing death before you knew your options, what took you from there to being such a vivacious friend of mine and no longer having that fear and living life with with and enjoying each and every moment? Prayer and trusting God. The first few weeks was hard and trying and, oh, God, it was a lot. But once I started trusting God, and praying and stepped out on faith, everything fell into place. But I will say one thing I did do. I went to church, and I wrote down breast cancer on a piece of paper, and I threw it into the fire pit, and I let it go. And that was the last time I worried about it. That is a wonderful, wonderful analysis to be able to give it to God, put it on the altar, because so many times people will pray about something, but they'll continue to worry. They'll continue to allow it to fester and get stressed out about it, but to be able to throw it into that fire pit and release it and no longer worry is a beautiful message within itself. Now, let me ask you this, because a lot of people think, you know, it has to be a family background. Is there any family history with breast cancer for you? My aunt, who had breast cancer many, many, many years ago, auntie that I actually never met. Um, so there really wasn't any history. But after I found out I had breast cancer, two of my aunts found out later that they had it also. Now, as we speak to the two aunts later determining or finding out that they did have breast cancer, what type of support system did you all build together? Trina, can you still hear me? Trina, are you still there? And I hear her mic open, but that's not able to hear her. Trina? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. I'm not sure. It kind of went out there for a moment. I don't know. I think I might have that signal. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're okay. No problem, love. And what I was asking is you later found out that your two aunts had breast cancer, what type of support system did you all build at that time? Support system, um, I confided with their their kids, their daughters, to let their daughters know how I felt and what was comforting to me so they can help it easier, you know, make it easier on their mom. And so I was, you know, there to let them know what to expect, how to deal with it, and how to treat her. I always tell people, don't treat your loved one any different. Don't treat them like a charity case or they're dying. Regardless of the fact, treat them human. Just be there for them, support them in any way possible. 
But once you change how you treat them, that changes the patient's perception of the cancer and whatnot. So treat them normally. Be there for them. If they want to cry, let them cry. If they want to eat, let them eat. Just be there. At the end of the day, I just love that all my friends and my family was just there with me to go through everything. Absolutely. It's definitely good to have that support system, Trina, because a lot of times it can become depressing. It can become a woe is me, why me, and, and kind of get caught up in those feelings. So because you had that wonderful support system, it did definitely make it easier. And with prayer, by all means, we know prayer changes everything. But I did kind of want to speak to one of the things to expect. So as you went through your three years of chemo treatment, kind of tell us about that experience, Patricia. <laughs> That experience is, it was long. I still go through the side effects of it. I didn't do the um, injection chemo. I did the pill chemo. I took a chemo pill every day. I was supposed to take it for five years, but I cut it short to three. My, it was my option. The pill, the pill is a slow version of going to get injected every day. It was rough. You have your mood swings. You have your hair loss. You have your menopause. You have all of that. So the chemo is nothing nice, but it does save your life. So that's the one good thing about it. It saved my life. Absolutely. And sometimes we have to go through some things that we don't like so that we are able to come out on the other side. Now, Mm -hmm. let me ask you this as well, Trina. Were there any type of programs or services offered to you that would help with the treatment process at all? Yes, there are several different programs. Um, I urge people to get involved with the American Cancer Society. They will lead you in the right direction. Get into other support groups. There's a group, a local group here in Huntsville called the Bosom Buddies. They had became my best friend at the time because when you're going through that, the best person to talk to is someone else who has been through it or going through it because you can relate to them so much. So the American Cancer Society will lead you in the right direction, whether you're a patient or you're a caregiver or you're a family member. They can let you know who to talk to concerning whatever you would like to know. Absolutely. And definitely being able to have that knowledge and education. Now, for you personally, Trina, did you face any obstacles during your treatment process? And if so, how did you overcome those obstacles? Um, I did face a couple obstacles. Um, I, I went through depression for a little while, and no one really noticed or knew it. Depression really sunk into me, but I kind of like just got over it as time went on because once you're going through it, your life changes completely. Completely. You lose your, um, everyone doesn't lose their job, but, you know, your finances change, your your attitude towards life change completely. And I just had to just give it all up and just continue to pray. It is still, uh, you know, having breast cancer, I'm, a, I'm in remission and I'm a survivor, but I will always be a breast cancer patient. That's something that never goes away. No matter how long you've been a survivor, It'll never leave the back of your mind. So that's one obstacle alone, that you have, a hurdle alone that you have to jump over every day because you have to be cautious of everything. There's certain things that you can eat that may trigger it, or depending on what type of cancer it is, you need to be familiarized with what helps it and what harms it. Now let me ask you this, because being married, as you speak to depression, because it is a silent killer, unfortunately, Trina, and being married, a young marriage, and having a young child, how is it that your husband was able to kind of counter that? Was he able to internalize it and be able to be able to help? Was he upset? How is it that he was able to guide you through this process as well? Oh, my husband was great through the whole process. He was my complete backbone, my everything during the process. He, oh, God, he went to work every day, made sure I was taken care of physically, emotionally, mentally. He reassured me every day that I'm going to be here the next day. He reassured me that life is going to continue to go on for us, and we're going to beat this. And most of all, he prayed with me. That's all he could have done was pray with me and for me. So 
My husband, he was, he stood up when, when it was time. He stood up and was the man that I needed him to be and the man that God sent him to be. Mm. And that is a beautiful thing and a beautiful message to be able to have that one that will not only pray for you but will also pray with you. And I, I love the message that you give and the one that God sent to you because as young people, as you young adults, shall I say, we get married young and marriage is not always, you know, rainbows and sunny, sunny skies, but it's the work and the effort that we put in. And being that he was able to step in right on time and be able to provide that support system to you is amazing. Now, I know that you said a very important thing for you is spreading awareness. Still staying involved, you'll always be a breast cancer patient and always a breast cancer survivor. But what things within the city, I know you spoke about bosom buddies as well, but what things within the city do you make sure to include yourself in? Like a ritual, what is it that you make sure that you involve yourself in on a year-to-year basis as we do come to go through the month of October and provide awareness to breast cancer? Well, I actually try to participate in the um, breast cancer walk here that we have every year. Um, <laughs> I actually give self-breast exam tips and do them for my family members, the women in my family. I've, <laughs> I've seen several boobs just to let women know what to expect, how to, you know, what to feel for and how to do a proper exam. It's amazing how many women would be open to letting you show them how to do an exam. And it's also interesting to know how many women don't know how to do their own breast exam. That's something that you have to know how to do because no one knows your body better than you. And if you don't know your body, you cannot detect and tell when something is wrong. Absolutely. Now, I know, of course, that you're not necessarily face-to-face with the callers on the line or those that may be chimed in the chat room. But you're right. You know, so many people don't know the proper steps of how to do a self-breast check. So can you kind of chronologize that kind of in word format just to kind of give them an idea of what they may need to do right now as they're on the show? This may be the first time they ever check for themselves. So how would you guide them through that, Trika? Okay, through the process of doing your own, I say if you've never done one before, I would say once a week until you get a firm feeling because your, your breast, the tissue in your breast changes when it's close to your menstrual. So it's best to do it the week before or the week after. But until you get the grasp of how it feels, I would suggest do it every week until you know. And the way I do it is I raise one arm up and I bend it behind my neck and I take my other arm as I'm standing up flat. I take my hand and I go on a circular motion from the from the start of my chest wall all the way to my areola to see if I feel anything. And you press firmly because you want to make sure there's nothing in there, there's nothing moving, and you keep going and you repeat to the other side. And once you do that on a regular, you'll know when something's in there or something's there's a feeling when you shouldn't have because I check mine faithfully once a month. And that one time I checked it, I felt something that didn't feel right. So I checked it again every week just to see if it would go away. And it didn't go away. So about the third week, I made a doctor's appointment. Well, I'm so glad that you were not scared, that you took those steps and said, hey, something's not right, and I have to ensure that I'm going in. So now that you are at a point where you are in remission, can you speak to like the follow-up cancer care that you go through? Because like you said, you'll always be a breast cancer patient. So what is that follow-up process like for you? The follow-up process is I go see my oncologist. Um, Well, at first it was every six months or as needed. But I have to go every year now for a mammogram to be on the safe side because the type that I had, it, it was, there's a big chance that it won't come back, but there's a small chance that it will come back. So I have to be cautious every year to make sure I go and get my mammogram on a regularly scheduled basis because I don't want to miss out because I feel like if I had ignored the sign, then when I waited till I was 40, it could have been too late. So that's why I urge the people, don't wait till they tell you 40 and 50 to do your exams and mammograms. 
don't do that because it can happen and it can start developing in your 20s, in your 30s, to where if you wait till you're 40 and 50, you, your cancer could have been turned into a different stage. So early detection is the best detection. I cannot agree better. Early detection is indeed the best detection. Now, one thing I did want to ask you about, Patricia, being that you are currently in remission, and like I said, you go once a year for the mammogram just to make sure that it's not coming back and that there's no further treatment needed. But are there any areas in your life which are still currently impacted by the breast cancer that was encountered? Um, I don't think so other than the hot flashes. <laughs> I went through menopause at 30. So that would be the only thing that lingers with me now, and the scars are a daily reminder of how God, how good God is. So that's I about it. it. I love it. To be able to speak to the scars and being a testimony of how God truly has blessed you and has been mm-hmm. able to keep you through cancer. Now, what I want to do very quickly for you, Trina, I do want to give the callers on the line the opportunity to provide any type of comments or any questions. They may even have stories of individuals that may have suffered breast cancer, died from breast cancer, or even be a survivor. So I do want to give them that opportunity. Definitely want to give you the opportunity at the end of that to provide a message. And then we're going to give that to you through our point and the best way that we know how. So let me go ahead and bring in the first call here for you, Trina. Okay. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Inspirational Expressions. Who do I have on the line tonight? Central New Jersey, are you able to hear me? Oh, yes. Hello. I know there were other callers. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I had a little bit of a trying day, but God is still good anyhow. You better say that and know that. Well, definitely want to welcome you to the show this evening. Did you have any questions or comments for our future this evening, Ms. Patrika? Well, I mean, just to provide a word of encouragement, I would like to applaud that you are a survivor. And I applaud anybody who is able to go through that experience and still come out a survivor. I have two loved ones close to me die not from breast cancer but from different types of it. So I applaud anybody who was able to go through something like that and still come out a champion because I wouldn't necessarily just call you a survivor but a champion. And even for it to be in remission, to me that still makes you an overcomer. So, I mean, you know, God is the great I am. He is the great physician. And as long as you continue, you and your husband continue to acknowledge him, he will supply all of your needs, especially your healing. So I encourage that you always keep him with you, always. He's managed to bring you this far. And he's going to continue to be with you. He promised that he would never leave nor forsake you. And your story, you're here for a divine reason. Your story is out to reach so many other people who are going through because not a lot of people are as fortunate as you to even have the support system. I've heard countless stories of women who have had this disease where significant others have walked out on them and all kinds of things. So, I mean, you've been blessed, and I pray that you can, you know, I just pray that you continue to do whatever it is that you're doing and keep telling your story because it is an inspiration and it is an encouragement. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so very much. Definitely want to take the time to appreciate you for that encouragement because sometimes it's that encouragement that gets us through those trying moments, some of those weak, frail moments. 
So I thank you so very much. I do hope you remain on the line as we will get back to our queen through our poetic inspiration. Yes. Thank you so very much, love. All right, the inspiration and encouragement are coming through live on these lines. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Inspirational Expressions. Who do I have on the line tonight? Hello, Laura. Hey, Paul P. How's it going? Oh, wow. I'm I'm living. I'm living. Yes, yes, yes. How you living? How you feeling? No. I am blessed and highly favored, glad to have breath in my body to be here yet again another day. And glad to definitely have you on the mic with inspirational expression. This is my epiphany brother here on the lines with us operating under the epiphany fam. We call him the bishop, also known as Pope. So it's definitely a pleasure to have you on the line. And at this point, did you have any questions or any type of feedback for the future this evening is Patricia Simpson? Yes, love. Uh, peace and blessings to, um, to all the queens and, um, and to the breast uh, awareness uh, voices that I've heard so far, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and the testimony in the, in the uh, you know, the process, you know, uh, through it all, I have uh, family members. I had a young cousin uh, in her twenties, you know, and, uh, and she left behind a young, you know, a young daughter, you know, with her battle with uh, breast cancer. So uh, I'm very aware of that, uh, and some other uh, close relatives of mine. So yes, yes. So you're doing a beautiful and a wonderful thing um, representing that awareness. So, so thank you, love. Yeah. Um, who do you have tonight with you? I have Miss Patricia Simpson, a dear friend and sister of mine, but she is a survivor. We have been years. We've been married and having children and doing it all, but definitely a good sister of mine with a positive spirit that makes it a point to come on to inspirational expressions and be able to provide that awareness and that education for so many. Because it happens for both women and men. So I don't want people to think, oh, it can only happen to women. No, it can also happen to men. Breast cancer has no age restriction or sex restriction. Exactly, exactly. And always on the medical expression side, you know, you always have a show for the uh for the people, you know, I love you, you know what I'm saying, I always love you. So I just come through, you know what I'm saying, to support um peace of blessings, you know what I'm saying, on this day, you know what I'm saying, count it all joy, you know what I'm saying, and the struggle in this battle against uh uh breast cancer, uh wear your ribbon, you know what I'm saying, yeah, wear your pink, you know. And uh, like I said, for the ribbon in the mirror. Uh yes, Doc. So uh I, I want to hear what an emetic expression is. Well, I am definitely glad that you came on this evening. I am looking forward because, indeed, you are truly a bishop here in the world of poetry. So I anticipate and I am eager to hear your poetic blessing as we do open the mic back up shortly to give yes. back to our queen. So once again, Pope yes. thank you so very much, love. Thank you, love. Thank you, love. Peace, blessings to all. Peace and blessings. All right. Up next is coming up one of our living miracles here on the PEO network, and that is none other than Brother O in the building. Welcome to the show, Brother O. How's it going? I'm doing I'm doing great. Good. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored, Brother O. Thank you so very much for joining in tonight as we do provide and bring awareness to breast cancer, and I also do thank you for sharing the post throughout the week to let individuals know of the platform which is being provided tonight. You indeed are a living testimony and a miracle within yourself. At this time, did you have any questions or comments or feedback at this time for Mr. Fuka Simpson? Well, I, I just wanted to say that, you no. Know, 
I know plenty of breast cancer survivors in my church. It's a testament to uh, faith in God. It's a testament to no matter what you're going through in life, you have the power to defy the diagnosis there because God always, God, God still performs miracles every day. And I'm praising God that this sister is in remission from breast cancer. And you have to, you have to stay encouraged. You have to stay prayed up. You have to sometimes change the people around you because when you when you go through seasons of illness, it, God actually reveals who really is in your corner when you're going through it. Because everybody may not understand it. Everybody doesn't see what the, if you had this disease, Chemotherapy, the uh, back and forth and everything. So, for that being said, I have to say that I have to say that through it all, God is still good. Regardless of what you're going through, thank you, thank you, God is for the healing and. And no, no chemotherapy or no medicine can do what God can do. And that was my comment. And a powerful comment is that, brother. Also, Amen. As my sister Patricia was saying as well, being able to deal with those that may not understand. And as you bring that up and provide that comment, I I do want to ask you, Patricia, because we spoke to the support system being there. But what about those friends that didn't understand? They didn't get it. How did you deal with them? Mm. I had a couple that didn't get it and didn't understand. And then it wasn't there for me the way I expected them and wished they would be. And to be honest, I tried to continue my relationship and friendships with some, but honestly, if you weren't there and couldn't be there for me the way you should have been during the roughest moments of my life, you don't love me unconditionally like you say you do, whether you're a family member or a friend. Because when when you find out a loved one is battling this deadly monster, you you should be, you know, you should want to be there for them in any type of way. So to the ones who wasn't there, I forgive them, and everybody don't understand, and everybody won't understand. You can only try to let them, you know, make them understand or give them more information. But during that time, there's no room for that. You want to only keep positivity near you and dear to you. And, you know, honestly, Trina, that is a message with or without cancer. We want to only keep that positive energy within our circle because that negative energy can also be a silent killer and continue to surround yourself with such as asking for poison, asking for negative impact. I'm going to jump back on the phone lines. I do apologize for that brief interruption, everyone, but definitely Brother O's comments kind of started in that question. We're going to bring up next on the line, Miss Lady and Y. Welcome to the show, love. How are you? Hi. How's everybody doing? Blessed. And how are you? I'm well. I can't complain. I have been listening for a little while. Um, Patrika, God bless you. I am so grateful that I'm listening to your story because I actually recently wrote a piece about breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. I try any time. And with that being stated, and I thank you so very much for those words of encouragement, but Lady and why being with it, it being the breast cancer awareness and celebrating the life of the survivor. I know you mentioned that you had recently wrote a piece 
two breast cancers. Do you happen to have that piece available with you now? Uh, yeah, it's going to take me a minute to pull it up, but yeah, I can. Okay, well, what we will definitely do is I will bring in my heart's companion, Soul Williams, and he'll be able to provide feedback, and I'll bring you back in for that special piece. And then any additional piece that you want to deliver tonight, I will give you that opportunity as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you so very much, Lady NY. You're welcome. All right, as promised, everyone, up next, my heart's companion, Mr. Soul Williams. Welcome to the show, honey. How are you? I'm doing blessed, my love. I'm doing blessed. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Definitely a pleasure to have you on the line. It's always your support. It's paramount and greatly appreciated. Pleasure to be here. Now, tonight, my dear love, did you have any questions, comments, or feedback for tonight's future that you had the pleasure of meeting briefly, Mr. Trika Simpson? Yeah, um, I know that uh, I had a family member that, you know, she she wasn't fortunate to be a survivor. And uh, I was wondering, you know, with Patricia, uh, at that point, moment that you found out, you know, that you had it, I mean, was that like everything was taken from you? or you didn't have no choice now but to accept that? I mean, how was your feeling and accepting all that? You know, what did you do to accept accept that in your own mm. mind? It took me a while to accept it. I will be honest. It took me a while to accept it. Like I stated, um, when I found out, I knew life was over. I had a 10-month-old son. I knew I wasn't going to be there for him. So it was kind of like I felt like everything was taken from me at that moment. I started writing letters to my son for his 16th birthday, his first date, the day he get married, and my husband made me rip all of that up because he had faith that I would be here for all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was it's, it's a hard pill to swallow because I know the risk and I know the odds of being this monster. And everybody doesn't beat it. So for me to beat it, I feel like I was chosen, I'm blessed, I'll forever be thankful, I will forever be thankful for an opportunity on a second chance at life. But with with church and pray with a praying family, they changed my they, they, they totally changed my perspective of it. So I felt like my purpose here on earth was something bigger than what I thought at that moment. So God chose me to battle this demon, and he chose me to beat this demon. So I'm going to do whatever it takes that or whatever he wants me to do in life, whether it's speak on having breast cancer, whether it's teaching someone how to cope with it or whatever, because it's hard. If you ever know anyone who goes, it's hard, whether they beat it or not, you the feeling is indescribable when you find out. It's like I wrote a little, I wrote a little novel. Well, not a novel. I'm, I'm, I'm working on something called the parking lot pain because you don't know pain until you get to that car after you heard that big C word. So that parking lot pain was the most horrifying pain I've ever experienced in my life, and I'll never forget it. And that was that's what drives me more and more every day, is that pain that I felt that day. Awesome. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you and knowing that you are a survivor. You know, you're an inspiration to all women that may face it or that's about to face it. You know, just keep your head up because the Lord is with you, and you, you already know that. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much again, Soul. And please ensure you stay tuned in as we give back to our queen, to our poetic inspiration. Now, Soul actually brought something out of you that I didn't even know. As we speak to the parking lot team and composing that, so my ask of you, 
when are we going to see that out? Are you planning to bring that out? Is it just for family to be able to review with you? I'm sorry, the song was breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. And you were talking about writing the parking lot pain and speaking to that pain and not knowing a pain until you hear that C word. So what you're writing, what you've been working on, is this something that you're looking forward to being able to release to the public, or is this something that you're just keeping for your family chronicles so that they'll be able to have that? It's something I would like to be able to release to the public because I think a lot of people can relate to that parking lot pain whether it's hearing you have cancer for the first time or hearing you you just lost a loved one, you know, the pain, that is something I would really love to put out there for a lot of women because, like I stated before, no one knows what you're going through unless they've been through it. And I know there's a lot of women across the world that can relate to that story, my story. And so I would love to share it to ones who haven't dealt with it or are going to face it sometime in life. Are you still able to hear me? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, it just faded out for a little moment there, but wanted to make sure that you were still there. And I'm glad to hear that you don't want to keep that just for yourself, being able to identify and know that you are a message, know that you are an inspiration, whether it be cancer Whatever the demon that they may be dealing with, whatever pain that they may be encountering, this is a venue for them. This is a way that they can escape within the parking lot pain and be able to see the other side. So please, by all means, keep me posted as to when this shall be released to the public. I want a copy. I want a copy that has a signature in there as well with a private message. So I want to be the first on that to know. And when you do, please let me know so that we can highlight that on a radio platform so that it can go beyond Huntsville, Alabama, and be able to reach people nationwide and be able to support you in that message. Now, I did want to ask you, Trina, before I open up the line for the poetic floodgates here, if there was just one specific message that you could get out to women and men alike going through the chemo, coming out on the other side, thinking back to the first moment when the pain took over your body, what message would that be that you would want to relay? I would tell them just hope. I love it. Simple, short and sweet, knowing that there's hope, that you don't have to feel like all hope is gone, that you don't have to give up on life, that you don't have to start writing those letters that she spoke to, that she wrote. So very thankful that your husband did so, brought you back to reality. No need to write letters because you're going to be here to witness those moments, to witness those special occasions. So it's a beautiful thing. What I do want to do very quickly is I'm going to bring in Lady N.Y. before we go into the poetic realm as we speak to breast cancer, as she has written a piece specifically for breast cancer. I'm going to see if she has that prepared at this point. Lady N.Y., welcome <clears throat> back to the show, my dear. Were you able to locate that piece this evening? Yes, ma'am. Beautiful. Well, my dear sister, my queen, the stage is yours whenever you're ready. This piece is titled, My Breasts. My breast hurts. The demonic cancer is spreading through my heart and all the creases and crevices of my very well-being. I do not want the pain to keep me from love or seeing. My breasts are red, sore, swollen to the hundredth degree. If I have to go, I need my babies to always love others and continue what is left of my legacy. All I need, want to be held oh so close, just take my pain away. The way John Coffey made it so easy to do. I cannot imagine having to cross over without the love of my life, which is you. End of peace. Beautiful. Thank you so very much. 
because that truly went through the experience and chronologized it and definitely a beautiful piece to be selected for an amazing evening. I thank you for being prepared without even knowing I was going to ask for it. So I thank you so very much for that, my dear queen. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. You got it, sir. Well, of course, I would not allow this evening to go by without also sharing my tributes for my dear friend Trina. Then I will open up the mic as we get back to our poetic tent. And the way that we're going to do the speed round, I will give you the opportunity. It's a little different tonight, everyone. And when I open the mic, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself. So say your name and give the title of your piece. If you're not going to participate in the round, just say your name and just listen. For the speed round, I ask that everyone ensure that if you're not currently speaking, to please mute yourself so that the outside noise does not interfere with the inspiration being given on the mic. Once you are done with your inspiration, please say end peace so that the next individual knows that it is their time. So without further ado, Trina, as always, I thank you. I love the queen in you. I know that your story will reach many I am looking forward to the parking lot pain. And without further ado, I give a tribute to Trina. Kicking it in our teens, raising all the scenes, rolling thick as thieves, all of us pulling up our sleeves, knowing that we only live once. Having a good time, even without the fun, mothers and wives we have become, but our true friendship we would not stay from. The experience has brought forth our greatest lessons. One of my truest lessons came from your session. To know someone so young was battling cancer, my heart was completely stunned. The cancer knows no face, color, age, or sex. Most times, it is the one no one suspects. It is your story that will become our focus so that men and women alike can begin to refocus. You're too young for breast cancer. At least that's what the world thought. It was not until that day you went to your self-check that the lump you found had you a nervous threat. Mind rushing, tears flowing, prayers reciting, be a caged bird you once were, shocked and afraid. Your mouth remains shut. But if God allows you to endure this fight, Little did you know, your blessing was in sight. 232,340 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed in women. You were one of them. More than 2.8 million breast cancer survivors in the United States. Again, Trina, you are one of them. Your role from a friend to a sister to a mother, to a wife. But the one we celebrate today, you are a survivor. Breast cancer changed you, but change was beautiful on you on today, October the 18th, 2015. Thank you once again, Patricia. We are going to allow the poetic flow to come in and support you this evening. We're going to open up our first mic on the line. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, this is Matt. I can hear you. This is Brother O speaking. All right, so Brother O, what will be the title of your piece for the speed round this evening? Why do Brother O, why do you call yourself the living miracle? Hmm. Why do you call yourself the living miracle? Very well needed. Sometimes that question needs to be answered. Brother O will be starting us off with the speed round this evening. Up next, welcome to the line. Who do I have? Hello, caller. Can you hear me? Going once, going twice, and they may just be listening for the remainder of the show. Caller number three? Yes, I'm here. All right, I know that voice. That is my own, so William. So 
So you will be number two, coming behind Brother O. And the title of your piece is the Lama. The reason why I love you. Mm. The reason why I love you. I am looking forward to that piece, my king. We will bring up next. Let's see who we have. Caller three. Hello. Hello, and if you could state your name and the piece for me, please. Yes, this is uh, Kofi, and I will be doing a freestyle. Oh, wonderful. So we are going to get some freestyle love this evening. And let me open up the final mic. Call four. Hello. Hi, this is Melissa. How are you doing this evening? Beautiful, my dear sister, Melissa. And would you like to take the fourth spot this evening? I most certainly would. Lovely. And the title of your piece for our poetic gift back. Yes, I am a woman. Oh, yes. I am a woman. Powerful indeed for this show. And let me try to, I believe this is Lady NY. Let me see if she's coming back. Lady NY, are you there with me? Yes, I am. Lady and wife, beautiful. And did you want to come in for the final piece this evening? Yes. Wonderful. So we have Lady and wife, and what will be the title of your piece tonight? You Can't Open My Heart. You Can't Open My Heart. Okay, so once again, just to go through the order, we have Brother O with Why You Call Yourself the Living Miracle, Go Williams with The Reason Why I Love You, Hope he will be bringing a freestyle for it. Melissa will be bringing, yes, I am a woman. And last but surely not least, Lady and Y, which you can't open my heart. Once again, when your pieces are complete, please say in peace so that the next poet comes on and knows that it is their time. I will mute each one after your pieces have been delivered. Brother O, the stage is yours. Now you're ready. According to Bible scholars, a miracle is defined as an event that defies misdeeds. So in nature and science, and of that the God done through human nature. Some of the miracles in the documented in the Old Testament, parting of the Red Sea, feeding with the bread from heaven, the walls of Jericho falling, the prophet Elisha reviving the dead child, Daniel saved from the den of lions, and the three men that were saved from the hot furnace. Some of the miracles documented in the New Testament, the curing of the leper, the healing of the centurion's servant, the healing of the afflicted man besides in the beside in besides the pool of Bash the Bethesda. Calming of the storm, feeding the 5,000. Lazarus raised from the dead. My dear brothers and sisters, I know that some of you out there wondering in your inquiring mind about why I call myself to live a miracle. I'm here to give you some background about how my stage name came about. Originally, my stage name was Brother O. Join upon me joining the court organization as as my gifts and talents began to make room for me, plus as my base of fans and supporters increased, President POET Black Ice himself came up with a brilliant idea, referring to me as Poison of a Miracle by introducing me to perform on stage and has stuck with me ever since. Last year I officially changed my stage there to Brother of the Living Miracle. To those of you who are very skeptical about the existence of miracles and those of you who don't believe in miracles, and you are very much entitled to your beliefs and opinions, allow Brother O to explain to you why I am, why I am in the opinion of living miracles. By all accounts, I shouldn't be living right now. should have been dead and buried in a cemetery many years ago. You're looking at a man who has endured three open-heart surgeries and numerous test procedures, who has endured seven episodes of regular heartbeats, who has endured four episodes of congestive heart failure, 
but survived nearly having a stroke at the age of 32, was endured kidney stones, hypertension, pneumonia, as well as congenital heart condition since birth. You're also looking at a man who was placed in special education classes until the fourth grade. A man who wasn't expected to talk at all. A man who wasn't expected to grasp and comprehend the English language. A man who wasn't expected to write with such clarity and proficiency. And a man who wasn't expected to graduate from high school and college. A lot of miracle would have seen and heard evidence of many of my brothers and sisters who attend my church was completely healed from sickness and disease altogether. I've heard many stories of brothers and sisters taking off their medication by having their doses significantly reduced. And I've heard many stories about my brothers and sisters having chest results come back and showing no traces of disease or sickness in their bodies whatsoever. But brother always living evidence that miracles happen every day, living evidence that the laws of science and nature can be defied and superseded, living nature that all forms of affliction can be overcome with a positive attitude, and living evidence that all forms of sickness and diseases are eradicated in the name of Jesus. Now, for somebody to suggest to me that doctors and medicine contributed to my healing is a direct insult of my knowledge of the word of God and my intelligence. He or she needs to do a much better job of studying the Bible to show themselves the proof before you even attempt to debate this real-life little miracle. Excuse me, you ignorant, uneducated fools. Last time I checked, Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says, By his stripes I am healed. And doctors and medicine can never, ever do what God can do. And that's your talk right there. That's it, Pete. The reason why I love you. It's amazing how I fell in love with you. Your spirit caught me by surprise and touched my soul. As my heart began to race, I had to fill in the space that made us distance and out of touch. At that first look into your eyes had me hypnotized, made me realize I love you. Way before I received the first touch or kiss, I knew I wanted forever with you. And I couldn't imagine a life without you being there because that, since that first encounter, I always needed you to be near. You had made the inspiration in my life became the inspiration to me to make me a better man for I knew what you needed. It was the love that helped me succeed. I couldn't believe it. I found my phenomenal woman. God pulled you from my body, the better half of my soul. Mahogany universe that I love to live in. My world that allowed me to breathe in the love of my life. You became my oxygen. You see, I drink gin and juice when you became a kick in my drink. So I tend to take little steps. For our souls are forever drinkful in the lands of our milk and honey. Cherishing every moment that we spend together. How I'm speaking isn't physical, but is a spiritually forever. Queen Leela, when I took a look at you, you used to become breathless on my feet. You're so beautiful and unique. I can't wait to have your hand as we live love destiny. Linked with God who guides our soul. You are the image of my mirror. You are the sunrise of my darkened world as you send sun rays to my black planet, warming to the touch, because you are that woman I'm loving so much. My very own earth angel, blessing to my spirit and mind. Without you, I could not be whole, and I honor the love and the presence of you and the little things that you do, and these are the reasons why I love you. And peace. Bless. You're up, sweetie. Bless upon thy rest. Peace, thou. Bless 
upon thy breast the sweet and honey of my mother's breast. Nurtured life gave me rest. Rest upon thy breast. Want to stand, fight the cancerous. He nurtured a child. God bless. You see, he touches a woman's heart hmm, and blesses the rest. Yes, God, forgive God, behold. That bless among that rest of a woman's caress. How she hold her child. Pray to her. Rock by baby in her chest. Lord bless her child. And that baby suckling. That wants me that nurturing. Fight the cancer risk from the woman's breast and the hair that falls and the, all the financial bills and the costs. Because there is an answer. There is cancerous. That's the hymn of his garment. Keep on, keep on, keep on, and keep on. And press. Bless upon God. The woman that gave me birth, the woman that met me in peace. I am a woman. It's not that I care what people may think or what names they call me. I am a woman. Whether it's beautiful, intelligent, independent, or strong, being called a woman will follow behind it. I will not say the humanizing things about myself or accept being called a female dog. A woman is who came from a man's rib, and my father planted a seed, produced was a woman, and a respectable woman my mother raised me to be. If it's being unestablished, bad, ignorant, strange, or indifferent, Whatever names are called, being called a woman will follow behind it. I may not have always been the kind mother tried to raise. When I look in the mirror, a woman is who I see, and a woman is who I will always be. Whatever challenges I may face, whatever mountains I may climb, whatever valleys I may walk through, whatever sticks and stones are thrown, whatever bones I break, children or no children, at the end of the day, I am and will come out a woman, a God-fearing woman, a virtuous woman, a powerful praying woman. Fact or opinion, like it or not, I am still a woman. Do you hear me? A woman. A woman is who I am, and a woman is who I will always be. End peace. You can't open my heart, no matter how you try. If I let you in, I might break down and cry. You can't hurt me or anyone else. You shall suffer and die by yourself. You can't open my heart without the golden key. Since you can't open my heart, just let it be. End of peace. The night has been absolutely amazing. I thank each and every last one of you for coming on tonight and sharing in your inspiration, inspiring to your poet can allowing us to give back to a dynamic scene that we celebrate tonight, Miss Patricia Simpson. We continue to celebrate her life as she is a survivor. She has a message that she lives. She lives a life of transparency so that she can be an inspiration to others. So although this be the month of October, that we bring awareness to breast cancer, always, Always remember the survivors. 
Remember those that are going through the chemo treatment, whether it be through pill or through injection. Remember those who have lost the battle to cancer. Remember those that may not know how to cope, may not know how to deal. Thankful for Patricia Simpson that came to give us those nuggets of wisdom and knowledge. I do want to thank you all once again for your continuous support of not only inspirational expressions, but the POET network. I do want to also take the time to thank Black Eye, our illustrious leader, who without him, without our guidance, we would not have this platform. So I'm forever grateful. I am forever thankful. My prayer is that in each day, each moment, you continue to allow your life, your testament, your testimony to inspire others. And not for one moment to be afraid to allow another to inspire you. This has been a wonderful installment and edition of Inspirational Expressions. This is Enigmatic Mahogany signing out. Be blessed. Good night, everyone.